3: fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com
2: Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside! Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! <laughs> oh, that's a goal! Mike post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! <laughs> Touched to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible puddle! Taylor has scored! And that's surely Oh my Jan Bjornsson. Park in. Austin going in. Yes. New bat. New bat. 2-0 Sweden. Danny Waal. No problem. I would win this league anyway. Richard. He's hit it. It's Krabbe. Colin Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal.
1: Connor, hello. Hi Rich, I'm glad that it was not quite as long in between appearances this time, I'm glad to be back and uh, how are you?
0: Yeah I'm good thank you, was it all that German referencing that we did last time that just lured you back in?
1: Yeah I'm wondering like what you're going to do in terms of like the sort of sound bed for my intro this week, I was I was pretty impressed last time um, and you know there's a number of avenues you could go down this time so um, I'm I'm really Going to listen with baited breath tomorrow morning.
0: Yeah, me too, because I have no idea what I'm going to do there. But (laughs) we'll soon find out. It was was a weekend for big derbies. First of all,
1: Mainz-Eintracht Frankfurt. Did you have a good time? Uh, I did have a good time. Um, I uh, went to a cafe before the game and uh, was sort of sat there with my drink thinking, I need to really enjoy this drink because this is going to be the highlight of the day because Mainz have not been great recently. Frankfurt, obviously... um, Got through to the Champions League, been beating big teams and been doing really well. Um, so I was, I was convinced it was going to go all wrong. Um, thankfully, did not had a goal to celebrate. Um, had a good time after the game. Um, so yeah, really can't can't ask for a lot more than that. I guess. Do Do we
0: take the pod international by creating the Loth Mainzers and just see
1: what interest is for the English language? I should say. <laughs> um, I think that would be very interesting if we could do that. I have. Um, been singing Swin- uh, Swindon songs at Mind's games and um, have managed to get some sort of German friends involved with singing about the League Cup success in 1969 so I'm hoping that's like a budding <laughs> fan friendship
0: oh, Lovely, okay well the big derby this weekend was of course the post-punk derby XTC of Swindon versus Half Man Half Biscuit of Birkinhead, where, where where do you sit in in the in the big debate of post punk derby XCC versus half man half biscuit? Because I'm more with the Tramia guys on this one.
1: I was really wondering where you were going to go with the derby, Fred, that you, you picked up earlier. I've got to say, I'm I'm going to be sort of slaughtered for this. I I don't have a strong opinion. I'm I'm sorry, Rich. Um. So yeah, the the the, the post punk I'm into is is probably of a slightly different ilk. German. <laughs> let's let's not go there. <laughs>
0: well you know if xtc wrote a song called all i want for christmas is a 1992 swindon town potato print away kit then i'd be firmly in the xtc camp but they didn't so we move on so swindon town one tramier rovers one there was a little bit of change a little bit of tinkering to the lineup so sol Brint obviously in goal we went back to a back three of blake tracy uh, Harry's returning into the league setup first time since I think August, and Brennan at the back. Then just ahead, Hutton and Iandolo with Khan in the defensive midfielder role. Darcy and Gladwin just ahead, and up front, Wakeling and Jeffcott. So post match, Scott Lindsay was keen to point out that he wanted to keep two up front, and the diamond worked in one game and not in the next, so they went for three, five, two. What were your thoughts before the game in relation to this?
1: Um, I think my thoughts before the game were, I mean, by and large, that's what was expected in terms of who we knew was in and who was out. Um, with the system, I think he'd been sort of talking about how he might not be able to sort of use the shape that worked against Mansfield um, for this game. And so I guess we were kind of looking at it, thinking broadly what turned out to be the sort of, Set up on the pitch so that was that was what it was going to be i I struggle to think of like any change that I would really have made to that first eleven, given who was available um you know you can talk about certain players that maybe are not at the club at the moment that you'd have liked to have seen in the team um but really, I think you know w- with Johnny Williams sort of going to the World Cup and we don't want to endanger that and we've seen um a few players sort of miss out on the World Cup due to injuries sustained in the last couple of days um Think that was probably the right decision, um, and then also just just with players that just aren't available for selection, it did leave us looking a bit thin in defence. And I guess that was the the thing that I was thinking about before the game was, uh, yeah, we're we're going to need something to go right in a defensive sense for it for it to all click.
0: Yeah, you'll hear in the in the listeners' contributions, a few people highlight that Harry's was nowhere near as bad as people felt, and again, post game. Scott Lindsay said Harry's is a really good footballer who's not had a chance. He's a big part of what we're doing and felt that it was right for him to play. But this is a veteran player compared to a lot of the other players, even though he's only 25. Um, he has been around a fair bit. And before this game, he hadn't played of 90 minutes for Swindon in the league and he'd come on what the last 20 minutes or so against Harrogate. So I think it's only understandable that many swindon fans were like oh okay so i'm not feeling as as good about this as perhaps i, I should be yeah and I, I
1: think really we didn't have much of a choice with that selection so i feel like that's one where you just kind of have to say this is the the cards that have been dealt before the game and this this is where we have to pick for it i think for his part I, harry's played all right i think he was he was pretty mm-hmm. decent um i think the, the other thing is Like you say, he's not played very many minutes in the league this season. What we've seen him in the in the cup hasn't been great, and obviously what we saw, what we sort of thought about the signing in the summer, um, you know, there were mixed feelings on that. But I think even if you were to sort of bring in um, a player that we all knew was like a really good player in from the cold after a couple of months of not playing, then there is kind of a a nervous nervousness in that as well. So um, I think he had. It was kind of it's kind of a difficult sort of time to come into things, but um, hopefully for him that's that's because we're probably going to have to see him for for the next few weeks at the very least. Hopefully that's sort of a little bit of a stake in the ground, and he can um, sort of start to prove himself to to the Swindon fans because ultimately that's what we all want, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, Johnny Williams didn't play, nor was he on the bench because the club didn't want to get in the way of the fantastic achievement of Johnny Williams making the World Cup. It's big for the football club too, as Scott Lindsay said post-game. And I think the phrase was, it had to be done. And I guess it's only magnified as the right decision in many ways, seeing that what we saw elsewhere or what we learned elsewhere with Jojo Wallacott, who pulled up in training for Charlton, or pre-match, I should say, and it's looking like he won't go to the World Cup, which does have financial impact on Swindon. So although there were noises post-game that Williams should have played and there was a lot, well, there's a fair few fans that felt that he should have been in the squad regardless, I think it was the right decision.
1: Yeah, I think, um, ultimately, I think if you look at the, the game, I think we did miss a bit of what Williams has to offer when he's on the pitch. I think we were a little bit more predictable than we would have been with him on the pitch. The nature of the beast, though, is that we are going to be without him for at least the next two games, possibly a bit longer. Um, so, ultimately speaking, like, you know we were going to go without him at some point anyway. Um, I don't think it sort of was the crucial factor, but yeah, obviously, if you if you miss a player of that quality, and if you are good enough to go to the World Cup, then you are undeniably of sort of a, a good level of quality, especially to league two level. Um, you will be missed. So. I can see why people are saying that uh, because ultimately he's, he's Swindon Town's player. But again, he's, he's kind of playing here with, a, I guess has been playing here with a view to sort of making sure that he's fit for selection for the world cup. And, um, you know, if that's part of the deal and that's how we sort of have managed to keep him at the club for the last 18 months and hopefully we'll keep him there for longer Then I think it's a price, price worth paying. Because if you can, if you can get back from Qatar, having had some warm weather training, maybe a few minutes in the world cup and like a big, big sort of, um, life goal i guess for him completed then hopefully that can only bode well for the second half of the season and an absolute gutter for jojo yeah that's really sad isn't it like i i don't think there's really anywhere to go i guess at least not at least i mean if it's the sort of thing that's going to happen in warm-up or in training like it it could have happened really at any point i guess um but yeah really sad for him because he's done a lot to sort of get into the position where he was able to go to the world cup and um yeah from our perspective as well i'm i'm sure we would have liked to have some of those uh, great british pounds <laughs> sort of flowing into the, the coffers but uh, yeah not to be um unless there are some sort of conflicting reports and he, he is okay after all
0: okay then so we've talked about johnny williams not being available because he's going to the fifa world cup finals we've talked about harry's coming in a change of formation back to a back 3 which one of these was the reason why we were so lousy in the first
1: twenty 20 20-25 minutes, or was it a combination? Um, I, I really think that the main thing was the fact that you've got um, a bit of a makeshift back three. I, I don't think it's the fact that we were playing a back three. Um, I think it is really the personnel in terms of um, you're talking about um, Keen Harris who has made is making his first league start for Swindon um, in November. So that 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 says something. Um, you've got a player that is a left back. On the left side of the free, um, and then on the right side of the free, you've got Brennan, who I think he he's coming for praise in some quarters, and, and 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 that's all fair enough. Not 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 specifically based on um, Saturday, but for some of his conduct recently in in, in some of the games. Um, but I, th- I think we've seen that he's a, he's erratic in in some situations, and I, th- I think this was the case at the start of the game um, here as well. Um, so I think you're looking at. A back three that, you know, with all the best will in the world, I don't think Scott Lindsay would have chosen to pick if he had everyone available. Uh, Obviously, we're missing probably the three first-choice centre-backs, so that makes it difficult. Um, And ultimately, uh, players that haven't played together before and had to sort of feel their way through the game, get used to their roles. And, um, you know, I I think eventually they did, but the first 20, 25 minutes really were... Not pretty in terms of us just like inviting lots and lots of pressure. Um, I think the link between the defence and the midfield just wasn't quite there either. And and ultimately, it led to sort of quite a weak performance to start the game.
0: In in reference to the the fail of link up play, there was a lot of aimless high balls from defence to attack, wasn't there, in the first 20 minutes or so? And we don't really see that
1: much at Swindon these days, but there it was. Yeah, and I, I think ultimately the point there is that. You know, as as much as we as as much as I've already criticized the defense and I like I say it's, it's a criticism just in terms of, you know, they, they needed th- this was necessary to get through to sort of get them playing as a unit. Um there were no real runners like from midfield, there were no real runners up front. Um it it was all a bit flat. Um there, there weren't really options for passes, so the ball was just going across the back the back line. And, Back and forth. I don't think that was by design. I think it was just genuinely that the angles just weren't there to make to make the passes. Maybe um, Tramis or something. Maybe they they just started the game well. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it, it was one of those games where in the past probably you're, we we've we've seen this kind of thing from Swindon before, and then you you maybe have like one of the attacking players or one of the midfielders who who aren't who are no longer with the clubs or just decide, right, I'm just gonna be the main character and I, I I'm gonna be I'm gonna take the game by the scruff of the neck and just demand the ball and try and try and sort of get something to get going. Um I guess that's something that we've seen a little bit from Williams this season. And then just without him there, I think we just needed to take some time to click into gear. And then unfortunately the the point there is that we're playing against a professional football team and um you know they will take Um, advantage of any mistakes that we do make in that time that we're just kind of trying to find our way as a team so um yeah definitely not the best 20-25 minutes but I think it was it was one of those things it was definitely necessary for um the rest of the game and I think over the course of the rest of the game we were definitely a lot better yeah
0: Josh Hawks scored for Tremere after 10 minutes or so uh Blake Tracy with a loose-ish pass for Saidu Khan, who is, you know, he's intercepted and the through ball's very, very nice. Mm-hmm. It seems to go in slow motion, but uh, it's a good finish. They'll be very happy with that up on the Wirral. Yeah, no, it,
1: from their side, it's a really good goal. Like, the, it was so telegraphed because the run comes from very, very deep. Um, and yeah, like you say, it just th- sort of seemed to unfold in slow motion. Um, I think if you look at it from our point of view, A lot of things go wrong in that as well, in terms of it's a a poor pass out from Harry's. Um, It's it's not great from from Khan in terms of, you know, not quite sort of bringing it sort of... He's not controlling the situation and um, it's just bypassed quite easily. Um, And then Brennan is completely in no man's land and he should probably be sort of um, in a proper position so the defence can uh, sort of... Regain composure and prevent that run through. So you know a lot goes wrong, but I think you can't really take too much away from the pass and uh, and all of that. And um, you know at the end of the day, it ends up being a good finish as well. So uh, it's disappointing to to concede goals, but you know in the end, at the at the end of the day, it was a decent finish. When the goal went
0: in and the minutes that immediately followed, it just felt like it was going to be a really really bad day for Swindon, but then. There were a few moments before Swindon equalised where the ball was getting to Hutton and Hutton was beginning to do what he tends to do at the moment. It's just pump it in there. There was one that went a little bit wayward, but it's a threat. And then eventually he gets that, that perfect cross in for Wakelin. And suddenly um, it's 1-1 and, and the game changes completely.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's one of those things where, um, like you say, at the time I was kind of thinking that the goal kind of didn't come from nothing, but didn't come from sort of an exerted spell of pressure. But I think looking back, like there, there were signs that we were going to do that Hutton was getting into the position time and time again. Um, and like you say, that he, there were a couple of moments where there was a warning for Tranmere that, you know, you need to pick that, you need to sort of shut this down. Um, and, and and they didn't quite do it, Um a really 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 good goal. Um I I was very impressed by that and it kind of lifted us I guess from a bit of a slumber. I think there was, you know, it, it felt it sounded really flat on I follow um and then it just picked up a, a, a moment or so before the goal and that that seemed to um yeah, inspire them on. Um but yeah, uh, it's one of those things it it, it that goal it didn't quite come 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 from nowhere, but also didn't we didn't feel like it didn't feel like we deserved to be at, at one or at that point. But then once we were, I think we showed that we sort of were in the game, and uh, it could easily have sort of ended up with us on top before the, before the um, and Yeah, Hutton just a, a brilliant player to watch. I, I've, I've been really impressed with him recently. Yes, uh, is it a
0: concern that he is pretty much without the the aforementioned players who aren't. In the team at the moment for various reasons that he is our attacking threat at the moment isn't he it, there isn't much going through centrally and Gladwin's more than happy to just play the ball to Hutton which is what he did in the build up to the goal but creativity wise we are lacking and Hutton is picking up the slack which is great
1: yeah as long as he can keep doing that then fine <laughs> um and uh yeah hopefully at some point it will spark into life elsewhere um, but yeah, it, I mean, if if you're going to have sort of, I think that what it is with him is is more that it's the quantity of balls that he puts in that like he finds quality on a good amount of them rather than sort of always putting in the quality. So you know he'll 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 have a couple of sighters and then we'll sort of put in something like he did on on Saturday to get the assist. And uh, obviously in the end he was unlucky to not get a second assist in the in the in the second half. So um, yeah. He he just puts himself in the position time and time again. It's kind of like the the wide man version of being sort of a fox in the box striker, I guess. Of you know, if you're going to keep putting good balls in, eventually someone's going to get on the end of it. And uh, fortunately for us, we do have two good finishes in the team. And uh, Wakeling was on hand in, in in that instance.
0: Yeah, first goal in nine games without scoring. After nine games without scoring, and well, that's almost almost two months to the day, so a really big moment for Wakeling, as as football can be quite cruel, you can just sort of fall into the abyss of not scoring, can you? But loads of effort. I actually think yesterday was one of his quieter games. A few fans in the contributions disagree with that, and that's fine, but I thought it was quiet this this weekend.
1: But a much needed goal for him. Yeah. I mean, I think when we did the podcast together for the Bradford game, he didn't score and he missed a couple of chances, but just, he was always, he was a constant threat to them. I, I don't think he quite was that on Saturday, but I think he also wasn't really being put in a lot of the positions where he was going to do that. Um, and with us having a lot of the ball ourselves and having it sort of more towards the back, he wasn't able to sort of put their defense under sort of constant pressure um, just by, by of them not having the ball and him not having the ball. So, um, Ultimately, if 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 he's going to sort of be in and out of the game like he was, and then still turn up with a goal, and I think quite un, quite unfortunate not to have received the second one that he did put in the net, um, then really can't ask a huge amount more for him. And uh, yeah, I, hopefully for him, you know, that's the sign of sort of a thing to come. Because yeah, getting that sort of goal drought sort of off his back, um, surely that will be a good thing for his confidence
0: there was something that you mentioned in the WhatsApp group at halftime, which I completely agreed with that we had essentially weathered the storm. And if anyone was going to win, it would be us and yeah, finished one, one, but I think, I think it was absolutely spot on, even though for large periods, I mean, I didn't enjoy this game. I thought entertainment wise, I thought it was quite lousy until injury time or Mm -hmm. just before injury time. Um, And I think, a lot of people have forgotten just how sort of lacklustre it was, really. Tramier were there to be pressed and they seemed seemingly lost interest in that in that wonderful first quarter that they had. If we just put a little bit more endeavour in or were a little bit more braver in our
1: substitutions, I think we could have won. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think, I guess the difficulty is we kind of had our best team on the pitch to begin with and then it's, it's hard to kind of Change it from there without sort of you know a huge amount of sort of creativity coming off off the bench. I think the reason I thought that the game was really only gonna—I like, don't—I—I I, I was quite confident that we weren't going to lose at halftime just based on what we'd seen from Tranmere, but also based on what I'd seen from Swindon in terms of you know we were playing a week in defence. I think um, any like, there's really no criticism that can be aimed at the manager for the selection of the team because I don't think yep. he could have picked a a better defence I don't it just isn't possible given the players that are available what I was really really heartened to see on the 20-25 minute mark um, was you know without changing the personnel there were a couple of tweaks in what we were doing um, which seemed to show that Lindsay was reading the game and sort of seeing that what was going on wasn't quite working Um, all of a sudden you started seeing Blake Tracy picking up those positions we've been seeing Throughout the season that, that he does so well, so he, he was still playing in the same position. But at some point, I was like, "How was he? Have we changed for back four? Because Scott, because uh, Blake Tracy sort of <laughs> up in the left back, like left winger position, sort of sort of put, causing a bit of a nuisance. So I think this was just before our goal, um, and that wasn't the only change. I think there, there were just a couple of little tweaks where sort of the starting position of certain players. I think um, I think someone else picked picked out that Khan sort of seemed to drop back ever so slightly. Um, sort of in in that time as well and it just seemed to allow us a little bit more control and work those angles that as I mentioned before we just weren't working sort of to begin with so um I think that says that 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 is a a very very positive thing from his side and um for me says that we did make changes throughout the game before we um uh, without making substitutions um I think the problem is it's is quite hard when we're doing that. I think we were we were on top for most of it. It's really hard then to know whether it's a stick or twist. So you, I think you can say, well, maybe we should have been a little bit more bold, maybe change the system, maybe put another sort of um, attacker on or something like that. Um, but equally, you know, the game's long and I think you can see why you would think well, this is working at the moment and we will get our chance. Um, ultimately the, the ball falls to uh, to Wakeling after another good sort of and involvement on the right and I, I, I've i not watched it back since the replay that was on iFollow it, it was really inconclusive from what I was watching whether it was offside or not but you know those, those kind of things can go either way and um, that would have almost vindicated the approach to the game um, plus obviously the number of chances towards the end I mean that, <laughs> the added time just seemed to go on forever and Without really working their keeper, I still it still felt like we were dangerous and we could score. Um, so um, I find that side of things maybe hard to be critical of Lindsay because I think he approached it how I would have approached it. And I, th- I think the other thing that really struck me was just that this kind of felt about like the sort of thing that we were doing around this time last season in terms of um, we played pretty well for ninety minutes and we we probably had. Uh, we, we've probably been the better team, not quite created the chances to win it and then we're throwing everything at someone sort in the last minute. Um, you know, I was getting kind of like Harrogate at home kind of vibes um, from, from last season. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of those games where I think... Probably a draw was the right result because we didn't quite create enough to win. But you can you can see that on another day, that could have been a 2-1, 3-1 game for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we thought we won it at one stage when a goal was disallowed. And on iFollow, in the highlights, it looks very, 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 very close. In again, in the post-match, Lindsay said, the Swindon analyst told Scott Lindsay pretty much straight away that it was offside. But, you know, that's a shame the eye-follow view is, is rubbish for that sort of stuff, isn't it? Because it, it looked
1: close. Yeah, I mean, it's not even so much the the view as the fact that, like, the you, it's like a one-camera thing that focuses on one thing at a time. So yeah. when you put in a ball from deep, you can't see the defensive line, which is, you know, that would be the same in, in a TV coverage, but then you don't have to the benefit of a second angle to, to kind of view it. So, yeah, if the analyst says that, that that's how it was, then um, fine. Um, I... Ultimately, I didn't feel too hard done by it about it because again, there was still about ten minutes left to sort of try and go and put the ball in the net again and have it count. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of those it was one of those sort of goals that was offside but didn't have a vibe of offside. I don't think anyone would have <laughs> don't think anyone could have really complained if the flag hadn't gone up. Um, and yeah. I do think very strongly um, that you know offsides should only be vibe based. I, I don't care about your facts. <laughs> Yeah, I hope there was someone
0: in the uh, in the articles going, "Come on, just let it go. Just let it go through." And then the uh, the official to change his mind, alas it was it wasn't the case. Then like I said, like my criticism of the game isn't Scott Lindsay based, I, you know, I, I guess I'm looking at Morgan Roberts coming on for Wakelin. And in my mind, that felt like it weakened us attacking-wise. Morgan Roberts still finding his feet back in the Football League, having spent a couple of years outside of it. And Wakelin and Jeffcott, because Jeffcott was very quiet this weekend, but he is one of these players that will just pounce. And I think Wakelin's got that too. So I would have liked to have seen Wakelin in that injury time where things just got a little bit crazy. And if this injury time didn't happen... I think most people would have come back from this going, well, that was a dull, nothing, 1-1. One, one. Let's look forward to the crew game and, and hope it's a bit better. But it was absolute chaos and it just felt like it was coming, the winner. And I, I imagine it would have been an absolute nightmare being a Tramia fan watching that. Uh, they must have been elated and about a stone lighter. Uh, after what was quite a chaotic five minutes or so I thoroughly enjoyed those but it's a shame we just left it
1: late and it's one of those things where so I think the the they gave four minutes of added time I believe um yeah. on I follow for some reason that was then translated to three minutes on the scoreboard um so I was then confused about how much other time there had been and then the game ended probably closer to 96 minutes than 95 um so Everything that happened in that final three minutes of the game, I was expecting it to be the last gap, the, the last chance. And at one point, when it's when it's about ninety-five minutes in, I was just like, "Just put Sol Bryn up! I don't. They're not going to get down the other end. There's there's <laughs> no time left. Just put him up."
0: Um, there was definitely one set piece at the end where he was angling for it because Rich next to me was like, "No, go! <laughs> don't go up! Don't go! <laughs> up, For
1: goodness sake!" But you could see he fancied it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt. It felt like it could the the whistle could have gone off at any point in the final three minutes of, of added time. It was it was it was a long one, and I guess the problem is when there's injuries and when there's sendings off, and uh, oh. when there's a lot of set pieces and stuff. I, I think to be honest, the referee was just enjoying the final, the the chaos and was letting us put corner after corner in. And uh, fair play to him because I was also enjoying it. I could have quite happily seen it gone on for a couple of more minutes. So um, yeah. Lee Swaby was vibing it at the end yeah, <laughs> just, just wishing it vibed out. it 10 minutes before.
0: Yeah, also also vibing it was Jordan Turnbull at the end there with it's actually a, a match winning decapitation of yeah. Blake Tracy isn't it because it's a superb ball from Reed to Blake Tracy. Blake Tracy wins that and he's away and it's a, it's a just play across the goal and a tap in for Evers in the middle but fellow Trobridgian Jordan Turnbull was having none of it and um, well he had been booked earlier in the game but that was a straight red and, and rightly so even though he took exception to something that uh, Lou, Louis Reed said when, when he was walking off before <laughs> Jeff Cott tells him go away you're off um, yeah a fun end there luckily Blake Tracy's all right but um, Turnbull I think has saved the game for them there
1: uh yeah, possibly. I mean, it's hard to tell because it it was quite like Blake Tracy was quite wide and on his wrong foot, so it's kind of it was hard to tell. Um but yeah. We we can say that if that if that makes him feel better after the red card. Um you know, w- would you say Rich that counts as an early bath if you get sent off in the 94th minute? Yeah, there
0: were, there are were other podcasts dedicated to this, but Yeah, just um, thought I'd bring that in. No, it's not. No. Uh.
1: I mean, technically, it is slightly early.
0: If we're going to go literal, but yeah, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. It's not. It's not for me to say. I, I'm loathe to uh, give the definitive answer on that. No, I think just watching the, the the highlights back a few times. I think I think he's got it, Blake Tracy, and I think uh, I think Turnbull's. Don't, I mean, if it's the other way around, you know, the violence of it all, <laughs> the the, uh, the the danger of of the, the tackle aside. I think he probably
1: would have got a standing ovation if I oh, was a yeah, Swindon exactly. player. Doing the exactly. Same. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, exactly the kind of challenge that you know we like to see. As although I didn't like to see it in that very brief moment. A,
0: a little bit more serious than when Matt Taylor saved us. That game it was against Oldham. 0-0 draw. I want to say and. Matt Taylor clipped the hills on the on the halfway line, which got him ascending off and a standing ovation because they were away all those years ago. But there we go. 1-1 was the final score. Let's get some listeners' contributions and come back with other points.
2: Necessarily ruling themselves out for a winner. As Broadbent heads it into the penalty area. Eastwood's lost the ball. It is 2-1 to Swindon. Absolute calamity for Oxford United. Tyler Smith gets it over the line and celebrates...
0: Here we go then. Most in agreement after that 1-1 draw with Tramia Rovers. Starting with Paul Temple saying, good point, I would say, as Tramia will be draw specialists in this league. They are a hard nut to crack. Harry's was steady. He needs to concentrate on crisp tackles and stop that holding shove. But generally good. Man of the match, Romeo, assist and positive play. Also improved back post-work, Jimmy Legg says. Was worried Harry's would drop a bollock, but he was pretty steady. Hutton's runs had their left back on a plate each time. Cracking cross for Wakelin's goal, just missing that little bit extra to put games like this away. Pre-game, I'd have taken 1-1, but this one feels like points dropped. H the Duck says, Good, enjoyable game today. Hutton's crossing season, man of the match. I'm hoping Town take the World Cup, Johnny, Winful and make an offer for Tramia's Bristow when the window opens in January. He would fit into our team easily and provide the attacking left back to balance Hutton on the right side. Pete Marsh is good point given the absentees, hoping for the revenge of Khan after he lost the ball for the opener. Man of the match, Wakeling for finding the net among a swarm of defenders. 5-3-2. Leaves acres of space in midfield. Need Reed screening the brittle back three, and Khan shifted to the number ten role. Bernie Man says a middling performance today from most fives or sixes all round, with FBT and Hutton top in the list. Man of the match though, Hutton. Centre mid doesn't feel right to me at the moment. There must be a place in this team for Reed. We are lacking creativity and somebody to kick off the forward movement. In bad form or not, we need to get Reed ticking as we are severely lacking that spark at the moment. But Gladwin, our creative spark, is sat on the bench. I really do feel that if Scott Lindsay can find a way to get Reed firing again, could be the key to kicking on to the next level. Paul Merriman says, "Good point." After a chaotic start, Harry's proved himself in this one. I thought he played well, safe and assured. Given our squad depth, I think we're set up well to go through the slow winter weeks. Plenty of rest time for the injured. Man of the match, Hutton and Jakey. You decide. The Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge says, Recovered well from a calamitous start, mainly from the lads at the back. Harry's grew and grew, looked a different player, and just in the nick of time, injuries-wise. A gritty point should have been three, but hey, there's a obligatory lead two officials to beat two. Sarah V says, Not sure how many last chances Andrew Hawes mentioned at the end. A few wobbles at the start, but grew into the game. Rather take a point than none. Man of the match, Hutton. PJ says, fair result. I'd say they defended well when we were trying to turn the screw. Harry's definitely not as bad as he's being made out to based on today's showing. Hutton very good and gets man of the match for me. Wardy says, a point apiece, a fair result. All over the shop in the first 20 minutes. Finished strong, man of the match Hutton. Some great crosses and looked a constant threat. Mike Dixon says, I fell asleep at 1-0 down and... I think I partly woke up after hearing Andrew Hall's comparing the match to a Duran Duran concert. Now I'm wondering if I dreamt that. I'm wondering when I'll wake up. Jason says it was an infuriating game against a not-so-good Tramier team. Man of the match Hutton. Wakelin looked brighter than of late, but we need more attacking options. I don't like 3-5-2 with this team. Ellis is way off the pace. Danielle Wilson, hideously boring and slow first 25 minutes, thought they were well drilled and organised. A point does seem frustrating though. Hutton and FBT, the better players today. Next up, Warranty Man, who says, change after 15 minutes made a big difference. Blake Tracy, so important today. Hutton gets better every week. Ellis missed pre-season, looks dead on his feet, slash hands on hips after 15 minutes. Gladwin had his quietest home game of the season. Take the point and move on. Mitchell Singh says, Fair result all round. We finished much stronger, but they absolutely dominated us at the start of the game. Think Harry's was solid enough. Another great game for Hutton. Mr. Good says, Too pedestrian again. Neither Brennan or Harry's moved the ball quickly enough out of defence. That's where you need Reed to move the play higher up the pitch. A fair result, but we really need to be winning these type of games. Hutton, man of the match. Carlitos says, gave them a bit too much respect. Never built any pressure until the last five minutes. Another five minutes of that, and we may have pinched it. Missed FBT being higher up the pitch, but can understand the extra protection for Harry's. An okay point if we win next week. Man of the match, Hutton, consistent. Thomas Frederick says dreadful start. Their goal looked inevitable. The only surprise was they didn't add to it. From 25 minutes onwards, we were the better team and probably did enough to edge it. FBT man of the match really need to look at making him a permanent player in January. Odd how he's not got a look in at Burton. Craig took a while to adjust to the new formation, but did okay after that. When we up the tempo, we look exciting and dangerous, but we didn't do it enough. Man of the match impeccable minute silence and last post. Jeremy Randall says we started poorly as a reshaped defence and midfield settled in. Poor goal conceded sloppy pass inside by FBT and poor first touch by Khan. We were the better team from 25 minutes onwards and deserved to be level at the break. Second half better and overall we ought to have won, although they had a couple of chances late on two. Man of the match Hutton Harrys also did well. Richard Webb says, probably fair result. First 25 minutes was awful from us, but at least we improved. Three-five-two leaves us so open in midfield and at the back we need to drop it once and for all. Williams was a big miss. We lacked his creative spark. Wakeling and Hutton, man of the match, shouts for me. Sports professional mortgages, says Mark Stallard, says Ellis looked completely cooked. Surely there must be a place for Reed in this team. I just wish they would apply more urgency. With Johnny playing, we win that game, simple as. Swindon Rich has enjoyed that game. Yes, it was disappointing. We started slow and had most of our chances late on, but we got very lucky with one Tramier breakaway in particular. Not too concerned. Elwood says, took a while to settle into the formation. Tramia started much the better side, grew into the game and ended strong. Draw the fair result. Wakeling or Hutton, man of the match? Alex Smith calls it the classic game of two teams cancelling each other out. Game only came to life in the last 10 minutes. While Philip Holloway says, based on the first 25 minutes is a good point as we looked firmly second best. After that, we ended up the better side and probably deserved to win. Our much maligned backup defence did well. No standout man of the match for me. We seem to lack the intelligence to win this kind of game. Ian Rogers says, Hutton for me has been outstanding, dare I say, one of the best players of the season so far alongside Willow. Don't understand Scott Lindsay's insistence on trying to squeeze Ellis into our starting lineup. He's been poor all season and needs time out of the team. Reed needs to start again. And Tay's 85 with the fact saying, I haven't seen anyone look as knackered as Iandolo since I gave up Sunday League. Lee Strachan says man of the match is without doubt Hutton. We deserved to win it, but didn't. I have tactical questions, but the team gave their all. It's all we can ask for. Mark Edwards says, I enjoyed that game. Felt we deserved to win after a slow start. My man of the match, Hutton, but thought there were a number of good performances. Tramia to me will be up there in the mix. Tom Hammond says, only one game, but Harry surprised me and played well. Had to convince people with video evidence that he wasn't at fault for the goal. Before the game started, I would have been happy with the point, but they were there for the taking. Paul Wolf says, I think a draw at home is always bad when we are in the position that we're in, but it's Swindon. That's what we do.
3: Well, it's Swindon it's time.
0: SDFC Jamie says, after adjusting to the 3-5-2, we looked a very good side. We win more often than not if we keep playing like that. Hutton, man of the match, as always. Craig Bora says, thought we were going to get beat after the first 15 minutes. Second half was okay in spells and unlucky not to win it in the end. We need a bit more spark and creativity if we're going to mount a promotion challenge. Martin Crooks is better than I expected after seeing the lineup and defense held, forming a crush on Blake Tracy. So perhaps a love shout out soon. <laughs> He's gonna break your heart, Martin. Thor atmosphere was much better today, which was great. Fans up for it. Players definitely are. And finally, Malcolm Martin, who says, Still a long way to go. We saw all the Clint Eastwood stuff out there today. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Wakeling and Jeff Cott, whilst improving, are no Maze and Roland or Charlie and Billy. Man of the match, Hutton. So, yeah, plenty of love for Fraser Blake Tracy there. Lots of love for Key and Harry's, pointing out that he wasn't as bad as what people feared. I think the ones that I wanna talk about really are Saidu Khan and L S I Andelo. So we'll start with Saidu Khan. People just not convinced that he is a defensive midfielder. Where do you stand on this?
1: Um I do not I'm not even not convinced that he's a defensive midfielder. I know that he's not. I've watched him play <laughs> in defensive <laughs> midfield and it's not his game. He's a really good player. Um, I just don't like to see us misusing him and especially, you know, when we're gonna send sort of some of our best players off to the world. Well, one of our best players off the World Cup. I don't know why I said some because it's not plural. Um, it, it feels a waste not to have Reed in playing the game that we know that he can do and then have Khan sort of somewhere else in the midfield because it's not even like, you know, you, you take sort of Williams at the team, put someone, put, put Reed in for him and then just rejig the pack and uh, to me, it seems uh, obvious. I mean, I know that, um, that Reed came in for the Stockport game and that wasn't great either. Um but yeah, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Khan, just in the sense that I I think he's he's showing a lot about what, what is good at him, It's good in football. But I think in commentary it's picked up that, that there was one point where um, he had a shot from the edge of the area, just sort of from a bouncing ball. And I think it was remarked that you don't often see Khan in those kind of positions. But from when we signed him, that, that sounded like that, like getting into those kind of positions was kind of part of his game, like linking sort of the midfield into sort of the final third. So um yeah, I I I like I say, like him as a player. I um, think he's sort of having a a decent season for us, but um yeah, I just I just get the feeling that we're not using him correctly. But you know, maybe I'm not seeing something correctly, I don't know.
0: And in terms of Ellis Andelo, both as in the contributions and general observations across the across the fan base is that Ellis is looking very, very tired. He's you know, had a good spell out um this season he's just coming back but yeah he, he he did look off it yeah
1: um i mean i think it's one of those things where again you you're looking at a player that is kind of maybe it seems like it, we don't really know at, at this stage like where we're going to pin him down whether he's sort of playing as a midfielder or a left back or or, or wherever i think that we probably just need to decide and just let him do do that and 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 get into the team if that makes sense i think if you don't have a preseason that is going to make things more tough for you and i, I don't think that's his fault necessarily um i think if you if you're going to come in in quite a physically demanding position without a preseason that is again going to make you, make things tough for you so and also i mean of the players that we retained from last season i feel like you know his arc from sort of some of the highs of the performances um, throughout the season to obviously just that, that moment where he missed the panel, must, must've just felt so difficult for him that I feel like it probably just, he just needs like 10 games to sort of just bed in and sort of properly do what he can do. We can't, we can't expect fireworks from day one Um, sort of coming back in. Uh, that it's not, it's not just coming back from an injury, but it's coming back from quite a large professional setback as well. So um I wouldn't be too harsh to him, but but then that that's because he's a player that I really like, and and we we've all seen what 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 he can do. So, um, yeah, not his best performance. Um, still, I I mean some some of the some I, I don't think that there's too much criticism that can really be levelled at him. I don't think he's the reason that we didn't win the game, if that if that makes sense. Um, yeah, really but yeah, does. definitely um, more that more to come from him, and uh, I think we we all know that we will get it.
0: So yeah I completely agree with that. In in terms of the performance generally it did seem to lack some energy. Do you think that's just a little bit of fallout from an intense last month or so where we played so many games in October and we we've, we've also sort of played an FA Cup game in in that time. Do you think it gets a little bit quieter now doesn't it uh, for Swindon for for the rest of the month game against crew and then that is it. <laughs> for November before before getting back on it in December. I, th-
1: I think the break will do us good. Yeah, for sure. And it, it will give um, Scott Lindsay some time to kind of work a little bit more on um, maybe some of his ideas. Some of the players that have just come in and played football, um, sort of some of the players that you know were injured and uh, have come back in or players that were signed later on, just give them some time to sort of bed in a little bit more as well. So um, that's definitely going to be a good thing. Um, I think... As well, sometimes when you're missing sort of key players in a, in attacking areas, it can make you just seem a little bit more one pace. I think it's the sort of thing where quite often, if you if you give the ball to a really exciting attacking player, they, they will they will turn so they will change the pace of the game sort of to their will, really. Um, and yeah, I, I come back to you know, I, f- I think we are going to miss someone like Johnny Williams when he's at the World Cup because he, he is the sort of player that's able to do that, and obviously a couple of the ones. Um, that we did have 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 left the club in the summer but um, yeah I I think I think it's just one of those things these kind of things will happen Uh, we might have been able to get out there out of there with three points without sort of really turning in our best and uh, you know having to having had to sort of um, not play at sort of full potential in terms of the the team that we can put out due to injuries and stuff like that Um, it's not been that way but I think ultimately in, in the context of the season I think a point will be fine. Um, and I think we'll we'll deal with that. Yeah, and after all said and done, we're still
0: sixth, and with all these absences, if if things don't go our way over the next couple of games, we'll still be in the top ten. So I maintain that this is where you want to be, really. You know, up until the window opens, just stay in the pack, and then do hopefully what we did last year and um and and find more impressive form
1: than than the start of the season. But I'm I'm ultimately.
0: Content with where we are, yeah it's
1: ticking along really nicely, and, uh, like you say, if we can just stay in contention um, then you know there are players coming back soon, hopefully we're not going to have too many loan recalls, who knows, and yes yeah, so ultimately we're just building ourselves a platform which is which is a good thing, good place to be, yeah, we've not named it this season, but of course, the Lou Reed uh, man of the match is
0: is you know we're almost halfway through the blooming season, and it was a comprehensive win this weekend, there were shout outs for Wakeling and there were shout-outs for Blake Tracy too. No shout-outs for Ronan Darcy. I think that's the first mention in the whole pod. He got the man of the match from the matchday sponsors. I didn't see that. Hutton
1: gets it from the listeners, though. I can't disagree, but do you? Yeah, no arguments from me. I think um, from the assist and then the potential assist, um, just to sort of that side, we were way more defensively secure, I think. Um at least down the wings, if that if that makes sense. And, um, yeah, just just is a constant threat. I really like his attitude of just, like, keeping going and just, you know, putting the numbers in and, you know, law of averages, it'll, it'll, it'll even out with sort of goal contributions and all that kind of thing. So um, only positive things to say about him. And, um yeah really no arguments for him as man of the match yeah and and that's
0: pretty much it which is which is lovely next week we've got crew at home crew are sitting in 16th with a game in hand on most of the league having uh, have a pretty average vanilla season when won five drawn seven lost five so it's quite hard to analyze what, what to expect from crew they beat uh lowly colchester 1-0 but i'm told that was an unconvincing victory. You know, as long as
1: we do what we do,
0: we we, sh- we should be okay next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like the sort of game that we should really be aiming to win um, if we're sort of wanting to be up there. So hopefully that, that's what we do. Um, and uh, yeah, then between this game and that game, um, final half of, De- of November, going into December, we'll have averaged two points a game at home for that. And uh, that's promotion form. So that's what I hope for. We'll see what we get. I'll definitely be watching, so uh, yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, and I can't wait
0: for the next presser where I discuss player ratings with Joe and see if he
1: survives the week, having given Ellis a 3 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, Scott Lindsay needs to be printing that out, pinning that up on the dressing room wall, (laughs) and uh, yeah, 3 out of 10. I mean, you're not LaKeep, mate. Do you (laughs) know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Oh, we'll have a chat with him on Thursday. Until then, (laughs) Connor, thank you very much. Thank you, bye. Good one by him, and the Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy! Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon! I have bubble.
3: Bye.